0: Hi, my love. Is DeAndre Nicolette? Welcome back to the podcast. I am the host of Manifest Daily. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And if you're an OG listener, y'all already know the vibes. Okay. Hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, what's poppin'? What's good? I'm so excited to have y'all here. Tuned in for another episode of Manifest Daily. So, my loves, if you are listening to this episode on Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Google Play, literally all the audio things. I want y'all to know this episode is also going to be on video as well. So go ahead and head over to my YouTube channel. It's always linked in the show notes in case y'all don't know what it is. I understand, you know what I'm saying, but it is linked in the show notes. So y'all can go ahead and watch this episode in action. So before we dive into this episode, my loves, I just want to give the caveat that uh, they are mowing the lawn in my apartment complex right now. They're they're going at it, okay? In my head, I thought they were going to be mowing the lawn on saturday morning it is friday morning so i'm really not sure where the the disconnect is the um mix up in the scheduling however they are mowing the lawn right now and i'm praying literally praying hello look at me (laughs) that uh it is not picking up on the audio because literally i would cry if it were and it is so loud in my ear but i'm i'm gonna push through for y'all i'm gonna push through okay So today, my loves, it's going to be another Q&A episode, Real Chill Vibes, okay? So I'm answering manifestation questions, dating questions, life questions, friend questions, literally all the questions that you guys send in. There are quite a bit, so I'm hoping we can get through a good chunk of them. But if not, we're going to always do another Q&A. So just, you know, if your question's not answered in this one, I got you for the next episode, the next Q&A episode. So let me stop rambling, okay? And let's just go ahead and dive into today's episode. So the first question that I got that I wanted to answer is, are you religious? Now, I think I got this question because I say God now. I feel like I used to say the universe all the time back in like my content. If you're listening from literally episode one, like OG, OG listeners, y'all know I would always be like, you know, the universe, the universe, the universe, and now I just say God. So to answer that question, no, I don't consider myself religious. I feel like, you know, everyone has their own definition of of like what a religious person is. But for me, I equate religion to someone who like is like following the scripture, whatever scripture they are following very, very strictly. Maybe they're going to church. They're practicing like religious things or religious practices very, very strictly. And I don't consider myself religious because I don't do that. So I don't like read the Bible. However, I have come across Bible verses that have made sense for me. I also listen to the Joel Osteen podcast. I know some people find him problematic, but I tend to like his messages or the messages that he shares in his podcast. And he is technically, you know, preaching a sermon. However, for me, when I listen to it, I don't necessarily like, you know, listen because of the biblical biblical references or anything like that. I listen because of the overall messages that he's speaking about. So, you know, positivity, faith, things like that. So no, I don't consider myself to be religious. I definitely consider myself to be spiritual because for me, I go with whatever feels right for me and my current relationship with a higher power, which I call God. And that sort of changes from time to time. I use different tools. I use different ways of connecting with that higher power and my higher self. And yeah, I think that definitely is answers that question. Okay, so the next question is, how to decipher what your angels are telling you when you see angel numbers everywhere? Okay, so this is definitely a good one, because I have a couple different like angel number cheat sheet guides on Pinterest, on Instagram, if you follow me on either of those places, you've seen my little cheat sheets that kind of break down the very like common angel numbers, like 111222, all those good ones. So I would say if you're seeing any specific angel number, literally all the time, that is a good idea to look up that number. Now this is just literally a simple Google search. Um, I'll search like angel number 616, angel number 555. But by now I know what the main ones means like 111-222-333. Like I kind of know those by heart now. But sometimes I'll see random numbers like 838 or 858 or just like random numbers like that. And if you're seeing combinations like that, that aren't necessarily the, you know, tried and true 111-222-333. However, you're seeing certain numbers over and over and Over again, that is definitely a sign to look that number up and just Googling angel number and put in the angel number that you're seeing over and over. And there's a resource that I use all the time. I think it's like Joanne's. Joanne's Sacred blog spot or something like that. You'll you'll see it pop up. It's always like one of the first ones to pop up in the Google searches, and that resource is amazing for angel numbers. And I would also say when you do look up the meaning of angel numbers, definitely apply it to whatever you were thinking about or whatever was going through your mind when you saw that angel number. So oftentimes, like I'll see them when I'm driving, and say I'm driving. You know, your mind goes different places when you're driving. You all over the place, girl. You ain't even. I mean, listen. Okay, you're you're an autopilot pilot mode when you're driving okay so say you're driving along the road and you're thinking about something and you see this angel number and you're kind of like okay like that's cool, whatever, whatever. And then you keep driving or you go about your day doing something else. And you're thinking about that same thing again. And you see the angel number again. Like now when you look up that angel number, you can basically take the message that is of that angel number and apply it to whatever situation that you were just thinking about. So really common one is like, say you are thinking about money and you're thinking about like your bills and you're thinking about, you know, paying your bills or thinking about how, you know, you wish you had a little bit more or whatever the case is. Like maybe you see 888, which is what, One of my favorite angel numbers, it's a number all about abundance. And maybe you see 888, and I'm saying that so fast, maybe you see 888. Okay, eight, eight, eight. And it reminds you that you are always taken care of. It shows you and it's telling you that abundance is coming your way. Money is coming into your current reality. So there's no need to be worried about your finances or about how things are being stretched in your financial sector of your life. So that's a good way to sort of think about angel numbers and apply angel number messages to whatever's happening in your everyday life whenever you see them. So another question I got is, what app do you use to do your digital boards? And they said, I love your podcast guys thank you so much for listening and tuning in hey hey girl hey um so in terms of what apps i use to create the digital vision boards is canva like i i cannot say enough good things about canva okay canva canva's that app okay don't play with her okay she is that app baby girl okay what is a photoshop we don't know her right here we don't know her no more so canva is amazing because literally You can have yourself like a free Canva account and you can create some dope things with Canva, okay? Like you don't even need to pay for pro. I pay for pro because I use some of their pro images, some of their pro like uh, fonts, things like that. However, you do not need pro to do a digital vision board. I am going to be creating some more digital vision board templates for you guys. Like I had some before and I found that like the instructions maybe weren't clear enough because people kept... People kept like editing my original. And so when someone else would download it, they would get like an edited version of the board versus getting the template. So I'm going to recreate some of those and make new directions and share those with you guys. But it's as simple as going on Canva. I just love using Canva. They have different templates and stuff. Like basically, you just create a canvas that's the size of whatever you want. So for my iPhone, I'll like look up the sizes for my iPhone screen. For my iPad, I look up the sizes for my iPad screen. Same thing with your computer whatever, and then you use that as your canvas, and you can, like, add pictures on there. You can add different texts. You can add quotes. Like, you can literally just go wild and be super, super creative, and like I said, Canva is so, well, I don't know if I said it, but Canva is so easy to use, okay? It is not like Photoshop. Like, Photoshop, you know, I had me a little hang with Photoshop. I got in there, got the basics down with Photoshop, but one thing about Canva is you're going to be feeling like a whole graphic designer after about two hours in that platform, okay? So, just get on Canva and play around than there, I guarantee you, you're going to have so, so, so much fun. So yeah, I guarantee you're going to have so, so, so much fun. And like I said, it's free to use unless you upgrade to pro and even pro is like super cheap. I want to say it's like nine or 12 bucks a month or something like that. So it's not super expensive. If you do want to upgrade to pro to get access to some of the images, another resource I use, if you're looking for really nice, aesthetically pleasing images, but you don't necessarily want to upgrade to camera pro, I use a website called unsplash. So that's U N splash, like you splash it in the water. Okay. And that is a website where Basically photographers take pictures and they upload them to that website and you have access to download those images and use them as long as you're not using them in a commercial set. So I believe you can't use the images to like make money or something like that. I I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Check the license thing on there so don't go, you know, using the images all wild and stuff like that. I don't think any of y'all going to use the images on the billboard, but you you know what I mean, okay? But Unsplash is another amazing resource you can find images. I will go on there and I will search things like beige aesthetic, brown aesthetic, Neutral aesthetic, y'all get the vibes. Clearly, I love me an aesthetic, okay, an aesthetic type photo. And Unsplash has amazing photos that you can use for your vision board to, like, get the vibes shot right? you feel me? Next question, how do you move on from a person you know wasn't good for you, I still can't let go? Okay, so this can be tough. I feel like breakups in general are tough, especially if you were with the person for a really long time and you would sort of created an entire Life where that person was always in your life and sort of like always by your side, even if you know they aren't good for you or they weren't good for you, like it's still hard to let go and it's still hard to move on. One, time, obviously, you know, you know, time heals everything. It's not just a cliche. Literally, as time goes on, like you will feel much better about the situation and you'll learn to sort of let go over time naturally. But another really big thing is just sort of focusing on yourself. You hear people talk about the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else, no. Now, I'm gonna say the best way to get over someone is to like turn the focus back around to yourself. Like literally start to treat you like literally the queen or king that you know you are. I feel like once you start to hyper-focus on yourself in a good way, not in like a toxic way or anything like that, you naturally start to realize like how not good that person was for you. And you start to get to a place where you're like, yo, like I'm really, like I'm really that girl, or I'm really that boy. And like, I did not need to be in that relationship. So that can look like just focusing on your growth. So your self-development, your self-improvement, like your spiritual development, wellness, things like that. That can look like upgrading your lifestyle. So maybe it's something like if you were in that relationship and over time you felt like you were losing yourself, maybe you stopped doing the things that were fun to you. Maybe you stopped, maybe you stopped living the lifestyle that you really enjoyed because that person started to take up so much of your time and so much of your mental capacity. Now you have the time to get back to that. You have the time to get back to yourself. It's like when you are single, it's not just that you are by yourself. It's like you're really cultivating and working on that relationship with yourself. And it sounds so cliche. I literally hate it sometimes because y'all know sometimes I get in my feels. I get in my little, you know, sad moods about being single. Okay, I'm looking for my man or whatever. I'm like, God, what's good with you? What's good with him? Where he at? However, you know what I'm saying? This season does serve its own purpose. It really helps you to cultivate that relationship that you have with yourself so that you can thrive. So the next time you come across a potential person for a relationship, like you know your worth, you know your standards, you are not willing to budge on what is important to you. You are not willing to sacrifice your well-being. You are not willing to cave on the things that are important to you. And that it is just what it is. Okay, you said what you said. So yeah, it's definitely a time thing. But I do feel like, Turning the focus back on yourself and allowing yourself to really, really cultivate that relationship with yourself, strengthen that relationship with yourself is going to help you to get over that person quicker because you're just going to start to realize like how much you deserve and how much that person maybe wasn't bringing enough to the table for you and what you deserve. Okay, next question. Is it possible to manifest things for other people? I feel like this question, whenever someone asks me this question, like, It always comes back to why are you trying to manifest something for someone else? Like, really, when you're trying to manifest something for someone else, it usually is about control. It's not necessarily about, like, anything else, but you trying to control the outcome for someone else's reality. And the truth is, we all are in charge of our own realities, however we perceive our realities, however we are experiencing our realities. Whatever you're trying to call in for someone else, like, they have to want that for them themselves. They have to be willing to co-create that reality for themselves. They have to be willing to do what it takes to call that thing in for themselves. Like you can sit here and you can want to call it in for them. However, if they're not like really doing what they need to do on their end. It's not going to come in, in the way that they wanted to, or maybe in the way that you want it to for them. Okay. So the next question is tips to stay motivated, especially when you are already burnt out. If you are feeling burnt out, but you are trying to keep going, you're trying to stay motivated, all that good stuff. I would say it's really important to take a break. Our bodies, our vessels are very, very intelligent. Okay. And when we are feeling burnt out, there's a reason for that. Our body, these are signaling to us that we are doing the most. Okay. We might be doing a little too much and we just need to take a step back and take a break. I will definitely say that I struggle with this a lot because I have a lot of like visions and goals and things that I'm trying to achieve. And often I can find myself getting into that same space of like going and going and going and going and going and forgetting to take care of me of my vessel of my body of my mind of my health because if you don't have those things like no amount of motivation no amount of trying to do the thing is gonna work because you don't have the energy you don't have the energy you don't have the capacity your cup is empty baby girl what you what you trying to pour you can't pour nothing there's nothing there to pour so you need to take a step back and you need to take a break so I will give y'all a little tea right now so it's Friday and I took the day off literally I have today off I have Monday off I'm having me a four-day weekend. Yes. Yes, ma'am. A four-day weekend because I was getting so burnt out managing my nine-to-five, managing manifestly, and also trying to stay sane. And I've really come to the conclusion that, yes, I can work hard. Yes, I can be co-creating my reality and manifesting and calling in all these things very, very quickly. However, if I'm burnt out and I am pushing and pushing and pushing throughout my burnout it's gonna slow things down. So if you're feeling burnt out, that is a signal to take a break. Now, when you take a break and when you take a rest, that doesn't mean that you're not motivated. That doesn't mean that you're lazy. That doesn't mean that you're not gonna manifest what you wanna manifest. Oftentimes, actually, like rest is so important in the manifestation process because rest allows you to lean back into flow. Rest allows you to say, you know what? I'm feeling tired. I'm gonna sit down for a second. I'm gonna take a little break, but I know that whatever I'm manifesting, it is in my reality still. Like, it is coming for me. Like, I'm still gonna have that thing. However, right now, I wanna honor how I'm feeling. I wanna honor what my body is telling me, and I wanna sit down and wanna take a break. Okay, taking a break, taking a rest doesn't mean that you're quitting, it doesn't mean that you're not motivated. It means that you're honoring what you're feeling right now. So, if you're feeling burnt out, Take a break, like literally take a break, whether it's a day off work, if you can do a day off work. If you're like me and you work on the weekends often, there have been a couple weekends since I came back where I was just like, I'm not doing any work on this one day or this weekend. Like there was a whole weekend I took, y'all, a whole weekend. If you know me, this is so unlike me, but I took a whole weekend and I just sat in bed, watched movies, ordered pizza, had me a little just rest. And it was so rejuvenating. So honor your body and rest when you need to to rest everything will still get done you're still gonna manifest what you want to manifest but you need to honor what you are feeling and what your body is feeling right now okay if someone said how to handle being alone when it makes me feel empty and depressed oh this one because Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. This one I resonate with because living alone is hard. Like it is hard. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I love it. I love not having anyone to tell me when I got to do something or to just be disrupting my peace when I don't want my peace disrupted. You feel me? But it is definitely hard at times because you are in your own space, your own energy. Okay. So I will say this. Like Being alone and living alone is really a great season of self-awareness. You are in a season where you are allowing yourself to get to know you on a deeper level. You get to sit with your thoughts. You get to sit with yourself. You get to do that without basically any distractions. And it's really an amazing season in your life to, again, strengthen that relationship with yourself. Once you get comfortable with being alone The minute something or someone disrupts your peace, like you are confident enough and courageous enough to call it out because you know that you would rather be by yourself, be in your peaceful energy than to accept any sort of nonsense from anyone or anything. So that's like the really good positive thing about being alone. It takes a minute to get to that point because I think a lot of us are so used to outside stimuli, external stimuli, other people, other things that sitting with our own energy and sitting with our own thoughts can Often be a little bit like just uncomfortable. So, part of it is like you have to learn to get comfortable with yourself, you have to learn to get comfortable being alone, sitting alone with your thoughts, not having any of those distractions. However, the other thing I will say though is community is incredibly important. As much as I am someone where I'm very independent, I live alone now, I spend a lot of time alone because I do enjoy my time by myself, community is so, so important. So if you are by yourself and you're feeling depressed and you're feeling lonely, I would also ask like, how are you cultivating community in your space? Do you have friends nearby, family nearby, Um, that you can kind of lean on or go visit or hang out with when you're really in a space where you're like, I need that community right now. I need to be sort of nurtured by my community if you don't, this is a really good time to start building community. When I came back this year, I made it a goal of mine to build community this year in Dallas because I don't really have that group of friends or any like really close friends here that I can sort of lean on and say, this is my community. So I am consciously working on creating that community in this space. So that means putting yourself out there. If you don't have community in your area, maybe you've moved to a new state or a new city, or maybe you just don't have any one in the area that you're in definitely make it a point a conscious effort to build community that looks like putting yourself out there so literally you guys I know like some of y'all might think it's like cringy it is literally not cringy it's just it's just a thing go on Facebook groups like find a Facebook group for your city so I'm in like a Dallas Dallas woman or women who are new to Dallas Facebook group like I'm sure you can find a Facebook group for your city if you're not comfortable going to meet people in person there are virtual meetups there are virtual hangouts I've also started a community for Manifest Daily now, I'm trying to build it up okay I'm trying to build it up it's definitely in its baby stages in there but feel free to join that community we're gonna have virtual meetups we're gonna have like some different community building things or events to just help people make friends in other cities and spaces and online so definitely place a conscious effort on building up your community wherever you are however if the problem is that you are just very very uncomfortable being by yourself I would say that is something like it's almost like a muscle you just have to work it you do have to learn to become or you don't have to however I would say It is, I I want this for everyone in their life to become comfortable with being by themselves, with being alone with their thoughts, with enjoying their time alone. Because if you think about it, The relationship that you have with yourself is the only one that's going to be so permanent, right? It's going to be the one where it's like, you will be with yourself until the day that you die. And so it is important to cultivate that relationship with yourself and become comfortable with enjoying your time with yourself. But definitely still build up that community and focus on that because I know that if you don't have that community aspect, if you don't have you know people that you can hug, people that you can go in person and see, people that you can hang out with... It definitely is something that can lead to you being really sad, feeling isolated, and I don't want that for you. So go ahead and try to build up that community. Like I said, the Facebook groups are super, super helpful, meetup groups as well, and of course, the Manifest Daily community, which I will link in the show notes. Magic Mind is the world's first productivity drink that includes a mix of 12 functional ingredients, including matcha, that makes you focus as well as adaptogens that help you fight off stress. Magic Mind is perfect for entrepreneurs, writers, content creators, or anyone who could benefit from focused work throughout their day without the wired feeling of caffeine. Y'all know that I'm out here balancing a lot of things at once, so whenever I sit down in my office, it's usually time for my brain to focus and for me to dial in. However, sometimes I struggle with this, and this is exactly where magic Magic Mind comes in. I'll drink Magic Mind in the morning with my morning coffee and my breakfast as I'm getting ready for my day. And by the time that I'm at my desk and I sit down to get my work done, I'm in this productive frame of mind and I don't feel jittery. Magic Mind helps me to focus on the tasks at hand and work more efficiently because y'all know one thing I don't want to do is be out here wasting time or energy. To snag 20% off your order of Magic Mind, go to magicmind.co slash manifest. That's M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D dot C-O slash Slash manifest and enter the code manifest at checkout. And with their money back guarantee, any first purchase will be refunded, no questions asked if it doesn't meet your expectations. Again, to snag 20% off your order of Magic Mind, go to magicmind.co/slash manifest and enter the code manifest at checkout. Magic Mind has quickly become a favorite part of my routine, and I know that y'all are going to love it too. How do you stop recurring negative thoughts about the future? This is a good one because I'm sure we all have those moments where we're so anxious about our future. We're so nervous about what's going to happen. Like we're thinking about a certain thing that we want to manifest and we start to think fearful thoughts of like, what if it doesn't happen or what if this doesn't happen or what if this happens instead, something that we don't want. So the thing with like fearful and negative thoughts is that the idea is not necessarily that you want to focus on stopping them because it's almost like y'all know that that psychology thing where they say if you tell someone not to think about something. What's the first thing they're gonna think about? They gonna think about the thing that you told them not to think about. Okay. So it's kind of the same thing with negative thoughts. You don't want to focus on the how do I stop them, but you want to focus on the how do I become aware of them and reframe that because they're always gonna pop up. It doesn't matter what level, what stage you know you are in your journey, how aware you are. Like the negative thoughts will come up, right? So it's more so about being aware of them and reframing them. So if you're Feeling that you're super anxious about anything and you have these negative thoughts that are coming up over and over and over, catch them. So, like, be aware. So, sit with yourself. Maybe you're sitting down and you're just like, I don't know, maybe you're just ha- having dinner or something, and you start to think about whatever it is that you're anxious about, and you have like negative thoughts come up. Catch the negative thought, like literally focus in on it. It's almost like you gotta pretend the negative thought is like a person, and you're gonna confront that hoe. You're gonna be like, listen. Let's talk. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's have a chat. Let's have a chat right now. so like confront the negative thought, right? And look at it and be like, okay, what is this thought that I'm having? Why am I having this thought? Is this thought based in any fact? Is this thought based on emotion? Is this thought something that I absolutely know for a fact? is going to happen? And I'm going to answer that for you. You don't. Because one thing about all of us is that we don't 100% know how the future is going to unfold. We don't. Like, that. that's just it, okay? So you don't have a 100% guarantee that this fearful thing or this thing that you're afraid of is going to happen. So sit with that thought and then ask yourself, like, why am I thinking this? Like, what what is my fear behind this? Like, what am I afraid of happening? Why am I, Why am I afraid of this happening? And almost just, like, have an interview with yourself and ask yourself these questions and then think about how you can reframe that thought. So I feel like I have to give you all an example for this because it's getting very, very hypothetical and I need to like ground it with an actual example. Okay, so let's say the thought is about career because I feel like there are a couple career questions in here we're gonna get to. So say your thought is that you have applied for a certain job. And you are so terrified that you are not gonna get this job. You're like, oh my God, what if I don't get the job? What if I don't get the job? What if I don't get the job? That is like your negative thought that keeps coming up. You're just panicked about not getting the job. Sit with that. Why am I afraid that I won't get the job? And maybe it goes into, you're afraid you won't get the job because you think that you might be underqualified. Well, why do you think you're underqualified? Are you actually? Because chances are, if you read the job description and you applied to the job, you were qualified. You were qualified for the job. And another thing is that as women, especially with careers, we have a tendency to believe that we are underqualified for a lot of jobs that we are actually overqualified for. So that's another thing. So sit with that for a second. So if you're thinking about this job, or you're thinking about not getting this job, you can also ask yourself, well, is this thought based in 100% fact? Is it a guarantee that I won't get the job? And it's not. It's not a guarantee that you won't get the job, right? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if they're going to call you for an interview. You don't know, you know, what the hiring manager is doing on there. And all you know for a fact is that you applied for the job and you haven't gotten it yet yet, okay? So now let's go down the, you know, what if route, right? And I think this is something I talked about in a couple episodes back of like exploring the what if it does happen, right? So what if your negative thought does come true? What if you don't get the job? And sometimes sitting and exploring the what if of the negative thought really allows you to realize it's not as bad as your mind and your ego is making it out to be. So if you don't get the job, what happens? Well, you would most likely apply for another one chances are you've already applied for a few more so if you don't get this job chances are you'll get one of the other ones if you don't get this job you will go on you will continue to live you will find something else and here's the thing maybe you don't get this job because there's something better for you what if you don't get this job but you get something else that pays you twice as much that gives you a more flexible schedule that allows you to work remote that has more vacation hours like you don't know what happens if your worst thought comes true. Maybe your worst thought coming true is actually the setup for the most amazing thing that you couldn't even imagine for yourself coming true. So whenever you have the recurring thoughts coming up that are negative, don't be so quick to want to push them away. Because when we go to push them away, and when we go to hide them and bury them and try to hide them under, you know, a bunch of dirt in our minds, what ends up happening is that those thoughts come up even more. And now there's extra negative thoughts that are coming up. So address the negative thoughts, be aware of them when they come up, have that sort of like interview with yourself and ask yourself a bunch of questions about the negative thought and see why it is that you're having the thought And what happens if it does come true? Like allow yourself to explore that it isn't scary. You're not going to manifest your worst outcome by allowing yourself to explore because you're not necessarily exploring out of fear. You're exploring to allow yourself to conquer the fear. You're exploring to allow yourself to see that the fear itself isn't based in any fact the fear is just your ego at play. Okay, another question we got is, what's your favorite podcast? Now listen, y'all, would I be wild to say Manifest Daily Podcast? Because really, I mean, (laughs) and I think sometimes like we're taught to not overhype or like overlove our own creations in order to be humble. But let me tell you something right now, you can be humble, okay, and you can still love what you create you can be humble and you can still hype up what you've created because you know it's amazing like you know what i'm saying like those two things aren't mutually exclusive they can live together so one thing about me is yes i'm humble but i love my podcast okay i love what i'm creating i love what it's done for my life and for my self-awareness and i love what it's helping you guys to do with your lives and your self-awareness now another couple podcasts i like to listen to is um right now i've really been enjoying the joel osteen or austin osteen podcast now like i said there are a couple people a lot of y'all i don't know Some of y'all might not like him. Some of y'all might think he's problematic. I like his podcast because the messages themselves, right, really are very, very similar to the same messages that I talk about on my show. He does obviously reference the Bible and biblical stories in every single episode. For me, that doesn't necessarily bother me. It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It doesn't, you know doesn't do anything. I just really enjoy listening to his messages. And I've often found that the messages that come up on his show are messages that I need to hear in any given moment. The same things y'all say to me about like how you needed to hear a certain episode or how a certain episode is helping you to get through any specific season of your life. That's how I feel about the Joel Osteen podcast. I just really enjoy it. And I think the messages in the show are pretty awesome. So that's one podcast that I enjoy outside of Manifest Daily Now. Will say sometimes I get weird about listening to my own podcast in certain seasons. Sometimes I overthink the things that I say, or I start to judge, and especially I think it's because like more people are listening now, so I just have to get really in my head about what things people might not like about what I'm saying or whatever. But I'm just like, listen, it's not that deep. It is not that serious. So I have some seasons where I just can't listen to my podcast because of the fact that I know I'm in like an overthinky kind of mode. And in order to stay in a place where I am creating without any judgment of what I'm creating, sometimes I do have to step back and not necessarily listen to the show as often or at all in certain seasons. So yeah. Advice on possibly getting back with an ex. Now, this is one that we talked about in the episode with the love drive, Sean Galanos. If you didn't listen to that episode, highly recommend. If you are considering getting back with an ex, ask yourself what has changed, right? What has changed with either you or them? Okay. Even before that, I would like ask Why did you break up? Like, what was the thing that broke y'all up in the first place? Because for some breakups, it's something where it's not necessarily that the two people weren't a good fit for each other. Like, maybe it's something, you know, where you moved or they moved or something like that where it's sort of... A little bit more out of your control and your relationship ended because of distance or something like that. And maybe things changed and y'all ended up back in the same city. And now your relationship has the opportunity to thrive because you're both still single. You both still love each other. And now you're in the same city. So that is one example where it's like, yeah, like if you're thinking about getting back with an ex in that specific situation, like go ahead and explore it. Because the thing that broke y'all up was a distance and now the distance is not a factor. And so it's like, okay, if y'all were good before, go ahead. Like nothing. Go ahead. Do your thing. Right. However, if y'all broke up because of one of y'all's behavior in the relationship or like personality traits clashing, things like that, I would just ask what has changed. Right. And I'm not saying people can't change. People can absolutely change. I completely believe that. So here's an example. Maybe you were in a relationship and you felt like your ex was not very responsible and you were thinking like, okay, I want to get married. I want to do all these things. And I don't see this person as being the responsible partner that I need to grow old with, to raise a family with, to buy a house with, to do all of these, you know, these responsible things. Like this person isn't at that level and they're not making the moves to get there. If y'all break up and then next thing you know... They've worked on themselves. They're doing all sorts of things to get to a place where they are being responsible and they can show you because one thing, one thing I want you to know is actions completely trump words. People will say things all day, every day, talk they shit, talk, talk, talk. However, one thing about me is I'm not listening to your words no more. I'm not listening to your words. I'm listening to your actions. What are your actions saying? If your ex-partner is like, yeah, I'm responsible, nah, dah, 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 dah. like I'm responsible, whatever, whatever. And you are looking at them and you're looking at the actions. like, okay, what, what are you doing to show me that? And they have no proof. I mean, <laughs> it's the actions. The actions are really speaking for themselves here. However, if you can see, that they have changed. If you can see that they've done certain things, done the work, if you will, to make this change in their life, then I would say, go ahead and explore it, right? Like now y'all are essentially two different people and it might work. The dynamic has changed. It could work. If the relationship ended because of you. And you can say that you have changed in a way that could make this relationship sustainable and possible and, and successful. Then go ahead and explore that. However, if... You're exploring getting back together with an ex and nothing has changed. Like you haven't changed. They haven't changed. It's it's sort of like the thing where they say your insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. That's the vibe that's giving me. It's giving me why would this work? Now, if y'all are still the same, nothing has changed. Like, what are you expecting to be different now? But like I said, if y'all have changed, okay, and things have changed, the dynamic has changed, something has changed (laughs) that you think could make this a successful relationship moving forward, go ahead and explore that. Like, you know yourself best. You know this person really well. And if you feel really strongly about exploring that and they do as well, then I would say go ahead and do it because the last thing that you want to do is live with the regret of like... Like, what if we had tried again, but we never did? And that's something that I never want to live with, is that regret of saying, like, what if I had done X, Y, and Z? All right, so next question, green flags while dating. Ooh, I'm excited for this one. So, surprise, you guys. and not even surprised. Why am I saying surprise? But I'm having Brooke Michio back on the podcast in... The next couple weeks, and we're talking all about dating and stuff. If you guys listen to Gals on the Go or you watch Brooke, maybe you watch Danielle on like YouTube, y'all know who Brooke is. I've had her on the podcast once before, but she's coming back on and we're gonna talk about dating and we're gonna talk about green flags and red flags. But I'm gonna give y'all some of my green flags here today to set the scene, okay, to set it up. So I would say the green flags for me start before the first date. I like alpha males. Like, I like a man who is going to take charge, who's going to lead. Like, and honestly, I will say my view on how I want my relationship to be tends to lean towards traditional in some sense where I want my man to lead. I obviously am a strong, independent woman who gonna do what she wanna do, period. However, I do want a man who's gonna be able to step into that very masculine role, that traditional masculine role, and lead in that way and one way that's demonstrated for me before the first date even happens is the way they set up the first date is the way they ask me for my number so when i was talking on bumble to men one of the things that i would look for immediately or, or like it didn't necessarily have to happen however it was kind of like a plus in my head is how they took the conversation from bumble to the phone. So some guys would do it before the first date, some guys would do it after. But if the guy were to do it before the first date, I would like a guy to ask for my number. Because when a guy would like, give me his number and be like, text me, I don't know, for me, that just gave me like, it just, it just wasn't the vibe. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. For me, that wasn't the vibe. So green flag would be when they would be like, you know, I love talking to you. Um, da, that I would love to take this off the app, like, may I have your number? Just, like, very polite. Like, you can get far being a gentleman and being polite. So just one. Green flag, the way they ask for my number and asking for my number to take it off the app. Second green flag for me would be how the first date is set up. If a guy says to me, you know, I would love to take you out, Um, let me know what times you're free this week or something like that. And I say, you know, I'm free on Friday. And he's like, okay, uh, I remember I had this one guy who, like, asked about—like, uh, we were chatting, and he he realized or he knew—not realized, but I told him I didn't eat meat, I'm pescatarian, and he said, okay, how about we go to X restaurant Friday night, 7 p.m. They have great seafood options green flag green flag because guess what that shows me one it shows me you're able to lead it's such a simple thing but you literally have to look for these things in people's small actions especially when you don't know someone like the small actions will tell you especially at the beginning when you want to be putting on your best impression for somebody if you are not trying if you are not giving me some sort of like you give a fuck like what why? Why would I wanna not, why would I wanna go on a date with you if you're not even giving me some sort of actual uh effort at the very beginning? Okay. So a man who's like, here's the, the place, here's the restaurant, here's the time, here's the date, I've set up reservations, I will see you there. Like that for me, green, green, green flag. This could happen, you know, after a little bit of talking. It doesn't necessarily have to happen right away. It's definitely your preference. I'm definitely a fan of like Meeting people sooner than later. Because for me, I wanna I wanna feel your vibes in person. I'm very good at picking up vibes in person. I could tell you on a first date, like or use the first or second date, if this is gonna be if we vibing or not, okay? And so I can't really do that that well over the phone. But when a guy would like be very quick to set up a date with me. And when he would lead in terms of planning the details, for me, it was like definitely something that gave me very, very alpha vibes. It showed me he was a gentleman. It showed me he cared. He wanted to put in effort. He wanted to put his best foot forward. So that was a green flag. Another couple of green flags I would say is on a date, someone who's asking questions, who's like interested in me. Obviously, I ask questions back because I'm interested in them. But I've gone on some dates where guys like, I would like talk about stuff that I'm into and talk about stuff I'm doing. And they like never ask questions to get any sort of clarification or to show that they cared. Now it could be nerves, right? And that's why sometimes the second date, especially if you like someone, but it's kind of the conversation is not flowing as much. A second date could be a place where maybe you see if they had first date nerves and on the second date, those nerves are gone. However, someone asking questions and being interested in you is obviously a green flag. Another green flag, I would say, is someone who respects my opinions. Now, I definitely am very open-minded. I don't necessarily have to agree with every single thing my partner agrees with or every single thing my friends agree with. However, for me, respect is important. So we can agree to disagree respectfully, especially if our opinions are just not on things that like are very serious, if that makes sense. I can definitely have a difference in opinion with a guy. A red flag would be if they are argumentative about it. A green flag would be if they're like, okay, like, I, you know, I never really saw it that way. Like, oh, tell me more about your opinion or tell me more about your your view on that. Like, okay, I don't know if I necessarily agree, but that's a that's a really interesting way to see and just like respecting your opinion. So those are a couple of my green flags. Definitely another one be like, obviously the vibes being good on the day. I go very much based off vibes. Like if I'm laughing with you, if I'm having fun, not feeling as if you have to overthink your thoughts, like all of those good things, but just being able to be yourself and knowing that the person isn't judged You for being yourself, they're not making you feel weird about being yourself, they're just vibing with you, and you're vibing with them, and y'all are having a good time, okay. Okay, I'm gonna answer a few more questions because my throat is literally burning. I did not bring water in here with me to film this, and I don't I don't know what I thought, but I'm literally dying of thirst right now. Okay, so one question is, oh, this is like a fun one. Someone says, I'm a Taurus, May 18th. What's your sign on your birthday? So I'm a Taurus as well, okay? May 14th, Taurus gang, period. So yeah, I'm a Taurus sun, uh, Aquarius rising, Cancer moon. So I have the grounded earth in there, a little bit of the air, a little bit of the water. I got all the things up in there. I think I only have one fire sign in my chart. My Mars is in Aries, which I talk about all the time. But I have a lot of just like earth, air, and... What's the other one? Water in my chart. Another question we have how to keep going and think positive when your environment is toxic. This one can be hard because your environment definitely affects your mood, your vibe, everything. Like, you know, when you're around people and you're picking up on their energy or you're around certain situations, you're picking up on that energy, that can definitely affect how you are moving through the world how you're moving through your life like all your mood all these different things so if it's possible and if you're not yet planning for it i would definitely plan to leave that environment there are so many beautiful and positive things that happen once you leave that environment i have a tweet that i sent out the other day and it said "I forget how i phrase it but i was just basically saying that it is essentially Really hard to heal your traumas in the same environment that has caused them, and so it's sort of like you're in this place where you can do some work, you can do a lot of work in that environment, but a lot of your healing does have to happen when you leave that environment and when you are in a place of peace, when you can actually feel safe. So, I know it's not necessarily the easiest thing, or it's not in the cards for everyone to be like, Okay, well, I'm gonna just pick up and leave that environment. It took me years obviously to move out of my parents house and now that I have I can say that I'm in a much better space mentally spiritually emotionally and my relationship with my parents have healed tremendously for me not being in their house and for me having my own space to thrive but I will say if you can plan to leave that environment definitely start planning to leave that environment another couple of things you can do if you can't leave that environment right away or you're still in the process of saving or whatever it is to prepare to leave that environment to protect your energy there are different ways that you can essentially protect your energy and protect yourself sort of creating like a barrier of like your energy and your space from those people and whoever's in your environment and their energy and their space in order for you not to be as affected by their energy, especially if you are a highly sensitive person, a highly sensitive being, you're going to have to protect your energy. I personally wear, you guys will see it if you're watching the video, I have this black turmaline, ter- tourmaline, tourmaline, I never know how to pronounce this, but I have a black tourmaline ring that I wear all the time. For protection, so if you are into crystals, black tourmaline or tourmaline, selenite is also really good, just to have in your space to cleanse the energy, protect the energy. When you take your showers or your baths at night, imagine the energy of all the people around you in your household, in that environment, on the outside, and the in the world that you've gone on and interacted with, being cleansed away and washed away. So that when you go to bed at night, that you are literally going to bed with your energy. So you can also use sage. You can use. Poly Santo, you can just use visualization techniques to cleanse your energy and create like a protective bubble around yourself. Just definitely like look up some different ways to do that, but that would be a huge one. I remember I used to sage a lot outside crystals that I kept in my room in my parents' house, I used for protection just to protect my energy. And another thing is that I definitely try to not spend as much time at home when I was feeling, when I was feeling like I couldn't be there anymore. So I would go to coffee shops to work. I would go to a friend's house, things like that. So if you have any places that you could go to sort of get away from that energy and to feel As if you are in a safer space I would definitely do that as well and the last question that I'm gonna answer in today's Q&A is how soon is too soon to move on from an ex I would say move on from an ex as soon as you're ready to move on from an ex. Like there is no timetable, no timeline that fits everyone. Like some people will say like a year, some people will say six months. Some people will say like a month. It really just depends. It depends on how you guys broke up. It depends on if it was something that you were okay with when it happened. It depends on if you didn't want it to happen. It depends on like, you? And are you still thinking about the relationship? Are you still thinking about your ex? Like all of these different things. So everyone is different. This is different. If you feel like you were ready to move on, if you feel like you are okay with what happened, if you feel like, all right, that's that. Like I'm not, I don't want to sit here and mull over this. Like I'm ready to move on and not from a place of like trying to distract myself, but from a place of like, I really am okay with what happened. I just want to move forward with my life that's one thing that's amazing that's great and if you're like i'm not ready yet i still don't have some closure that i wish i had or i still want to sit with this and think about this and mull this over then maybe you need some time like maybe you're not ready to move on and that's okay so it really just depends but i don't think there's a too soon like i think if someone Breaks up with someone on Thursday, and by Saturday they want to go on a date. That is their prerogative. Like that is their business. Like you don't know what's going on in their mind. You don't know if they were so ready to break up with this person for a while and then it just happened on Thursday. And they had the courage to do it on Thursday. And so Saturday they're ready to go out. Like you don't know. So I would say whatever fits you and suits you. Whatever feels right for you is right for you. Looking for a blanket statement or a blanket answer to this is just not going to work because it's so different for everyone here. It is literally so different for everyone in their situation and their relationship. So yeah, if you're ready to move on, listen, welcome to the ghetto streets. Okay. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck is all I have to say. I don't know, maybe I'm just being dramatic. Thank you so much, my loves, for tuning into this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed today's Q&A. We'll definitely be doing another one soon. And like I mentioned earlier in the episode, go ahead and check out the community down below. It is free to join. We're trying to build it up. I'm planning the first couple events right now, virtual events, of course. So if you are interested in just building community or you want to connect with other people who listen to the podcast or who are spiritually inclined or anything like that, you just are looking to build your community, go ahead and check it out down below. I'll link it in the show notes. But thank you again, my loves, for being here, for being tuned. In for listening to this episode or watching this episode if you're watching on youtube i will chat with you guys in the very next one bye my love I, my love.